today's uh, reading is from Ephesians 1, from 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory." And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Morning, church. How are we today? Good to hear. Good to hear. I was talking to Mari on the way in, and uh, Mari told me that uh, Ephesians is probably one of her favourite books, and and that it's just highlighted all the way through, and uh, and it is that sort of book, isn't it? Uh, that you can every every page has gold in it. So as John said, this is the, the first of our, our series where we're working through the, the letter of uh, Ephesians. And, uh, and this letter's a little bit different to some of Paul's other letters. Uh, firstly, it's one of the letters Paul wrote from imprisonment in Rome. Uh, I think the others are um, Philippians, Colossians and, and Philemon. And uh, so it's, it's one of that small group. But unlike uh, Colossians and Philippians, uh, Ephesians is even a little bit different to those because in those other two books, uh, they're, they're mainly very positive books, but there is still a sense that Paul is addressing a problem that is occurring in the churches at that time. Where we, when we come to Ephesians, it doesn't appear that there's any particular problem that Paul is addressing. Rather, Paul seems to be writing to a, to a wider audience uh, than just the church in Ephesus. In fact, in the very earliest uh, copies of this letter, 
Ephesus is omitted. So Ephesians was probably a letter for circulation amongst uh, a pile of churches, with Ephesus probably being the the main town uh, from which it went out. And the result of all this is is that uh, Ephesians is part letter, but it's also part essay. In prison, it seems that Paul's been getting his thoughts together and, uh, and leaving something for the benefit of the whole church and it's also in part uh, a poetry and it just makes it a, a very interesting book uh, the book's neatly divided into two parts chapters one to three present the gospel story uh, of, of um, it, so it's more about doctrine uh, and have how all history climaxes in Jesus and then we find that uh, chapters four to six are more our story the story for the church how the church should live out their faith in the unity that Jesus creates so let's move on when I was thinking about all this I thought Ephesians was was a bit like a cake and if it was a cake it'd be a fruit cake dense and heavy loaded with theology I didn't cook that Uh, but just look at our our opening passage all the topics that that it touches on it touches on blessing it touches on heaven grace predestination adoption into God's family inheritance redemption Holy Spirit and mystery now none of those are contentious issues are they they're all issues we could we could spend days looking into also you, you you don't get it quite with the reading but in the greek it's a very hard passage to read because it's all one long sentence there's no punctuation and punctuation really does help me when i read things because it it gives me little bite-sized pieces to consume so for us ephesians is a book we need to to read over and over again to to really get the understanding out of it it's kind of like we we need to be able to take a bite and and chew on it now if if this were Ephesians were my Nan's book cake uh, in a bite I may also discover a coin I don't know if anyone else had that sort of cakes at times yes the old coin in the you'd uncover that silver coin but I'm convinced is as we read Ephesians that we will find things of real value in this letter but we need to really study it so let's start chewing now I said there may not be punctuation however there is a phrase that acts a little bit like a uh, a chorus between verses if you like and it's this one according to his pleasure purpose will praise of his glory if i have my next slide up uh so it it, (laughs) in accordance with his pleasure will praise to his glory verses five to six now for some reason the niv think it's a good idea to take a word and uh and use a different word so in greek where it says in conformity is the same word it can be quite happily transformed uh, according with the purpose of his will 
for the praise of his glory. So we have these two things where we've got those, those two combined according to his will for the praise of his glory that kind of break the whole passage up into three divisions. And at the very beginning of the passage, praise be to the glory, at the very end, to the praise of his glory. This passage is all about praise. And again, with my little pattern there, I've, I've also got in the middle, according to his good pleasure. Uh, there's a couple of, there are a couple more recordings that I probably should have thrown into that, that midsection. So it just gives you a little bit of an idea that we can break the passage up into, into three movements. And, um, and I find that very helpful. Verses three to six seem to be focused on God the Father. Verses 7 to 12 is, is more Christ-centric. And then verses 13 to 14 introduces the Holy Spirit. Paul repeatedly notes that these blessings are never coincidental or circumstantial. They are in accordance with God's purpose and God's will. Our passage is laden with similar terms chosen predestined made known guaranteed and the like nothing coincidental or circumstantial there it's not unlike some of the psalms uh, or the writings of the prophets except in ephesians jesus who was a mystery to the old testament is here revealed and over a dozen times in our passage paul uses phrases like in christ in him through Jesus this is very Christ-centric another word not to miss is pleasure it pleases God to reveal Jesus through Jesus he lavishes on us the riches of his grace and it brings him exceeding pleasure to adopt us into his family you know, I read this and I, I think of uh, Jesus' baptism where, where this voice comes from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. There's a lot to chew on in this passage. And there's a couple of things that I've had uh, a bit of a struggle with and, and will probably continue to wrestle with. And the first is my understanding of the nature of blessing. So let's read verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blesses us in the heavenly realms and with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now the way Paul sounds at it, to me it sounds like he's, he's swimming in blessing. And I, I, I don't expect an answer, but is that your experience? Uh, sometimes I don't feel like I'm swimming in blessings. And, uh, and I find, I observe with myself and with others that often our prayers are asking for healing for ourselves or for others. We pray for relief for, for those who are, are suffering in our world from, from disasters, from war, from abuse. These are all good things, they can be wrong. But too often our search for blessings is in this physical realm and we're blind to what we have received. 
Now we may say, sure, but Paul had his head in the clouds. He knew nothing about the real world. Well, let's for a moment just consider what Paul has to say about his own experiences. And we go to to 2 Corinthians. (coughs) Pardon me. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been danger I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now keep in mind, Paul has been writing, is writing Ephesians from prison. Now by one standard, you read this and you say, nah, Paul, Paul doesn't know a blessed life at all. Uh, it really, blessing for Paul in a, in a physical sense was that he survived all these things. We gain further insights from Paul's experiences when we read uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 to, to 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from being, becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, we don't know exactly what ailed Paul, only that uh, he did plead with God to have it taken away on this occasion God would not for Paul this and these other physical hardships produced spiritual blessings that are only found in Christ isn't that a revelation it is for me it is hard to shift our our um, it's hard to shift from thinking about the suffering to consider that God is getting us to a a place where we completely trust and hope in him that we get to this place Paul got to of realizing that God your grace is sufficient for me now can I encourage you to to, if, if you don't remember anything else from the sermon remember that part because when you're in your deepest moment of 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 suffering and pain and whatever else your chaplain or pastor aren't going to bring up this verse and say now I wonder if God's doing something in you maybe you should be leaning into this 
we don't it's it's not the appropriate time we 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 want to give you compassion to be beside you so you're going to have to be the ones that'll have to draw this up from the recesses of your mind and 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 ask yourself that question so what does paul list as spiritual blessings that we can be assured of well we can be assured that in christ we are made holy and blameless we're adopted as god's children with a hope of future inheritance we have redemption and we have forgiveness of sins and we have knowledge of god's revealed purpose now i've got a little bit separate down there chosen predestined because it's an area where where i have uh struggled it, and it's it's a hot potato uh in church one could excuse me one christian tradition says that i am saved because god elected chose predestined me to be saved uh, this doctrine is called limited atonement and it holds that jesus death on the cross was a specific and intentional act of sacrifice that was designed to secure salvation for the elect alone rather than making it potentially available for all people and the logical progression of this doctrine is that if only some are elected god has abandoned others and and i've got to be honest it makes me feel uncomfortable this is why i've been struggling with it Um, because my problem is is that i can't disregard this language it's it's in the bible and uh, i guess when i was given this to preach on uh, because i've been putting off facing this particular issue uh, that um, i would find something missing something that that i didn't quite understand that would be made clear and that would be my prayer in in preparing this and and i have come up with something and i want to invite you folks to explore with me and i'm going to ask you to indulge me in playing a game so i want you and and i I, I will be asking for feedback in this area so uh you know stick a hand up call out something I, i i don't mind imagine you're in a coffee shop you're there doing a little bit of work on your laptop as some of us do you are aware of some men behind you sitting at a table they're having a conversation but but you're not listening to that you're you're doing your work but then there's one phrase that captures your attention right let's go there let's let's go in there and take them out what is the first thing that came to your mind when you heard that phrase (laughs) rubbish bins they're going into the rubbish bin no okay not the answer i wanted but you expect that from james don't you they sound like gangsters yes that's the answer i was looking for i can rely on you Rhonda. thank you i was really expecting that the first thing that came to your mind was that paul has spelt there incorrectly (laughs) don't you love it you prepare a powerpoint on uh, thursday and then sunday morning you, you read what you've done and you thought I need someone to, I need a secretary badly. (laughs) 
The problem is, is assuming that they're gangsters, I mean, can you do that? You don't have enough information, do you, to make that call? You need to at least turn around and look at them, see who's, who's speaking. So let's follow on. I want you to tell me where you think they're going and, and, and what they mean by take them out because you turn around, you look, and they're young men dressed in tennis gear holding rackets. <laughs> they're going into the tennis arena or into, into the tennis courts and they're probably playing doubles and they're talking about beating the opposition. Pretty easy, that one, eh? What about if you turn around, you look, and they're tradies with Bob's demolitions printed on the back of their shirts? What do you think they're doing? They're demolishing. They're going into the building site. They're going to take out asbestos, dry rot, or something or other. Sorry, James, we don't want to miss your comments. They could be taking out Bob too. Thank you for that, James. Always value. (laughs) You look, they're dressed like the cast of Underbelly. Rhonda, you were right. Okay, sometimes our first assumptions may be right. But you've got to look first to decide, don't you? Because words can have many meanings. They can mean many things. Though... The one who spoke them probably only has one meaning in mind. The doctrine of limited atonement assumes election refers to salvation. Let's listen to our go in there and take them out verse. So there's a couple that we've got there. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, I think on the screen I've, I've, I've thrown in the word salvation, so maybe I should read it that way. For he chose us in him for salvation before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for salvation, for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In him we were also chosen for salvation, having been predestined for salvation according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Now let's be honest, inserting for salvation after chosen or predestined seems to work. And I've got to say up front, if you're comfortable with that, fantastic. I'm I'm just wanting you to to think of other possibilities this morning. This is still going to be a topic that I'm going to be struggling with. I'm only looking at this this one passage, so don't feel I'm, I'm trying to lead you. Well, I am trying to lead you to think differently, but everything remains your decision. So let's have a look at what Paul, how Paul uh, talks about being saved in our passage, if it if it is there at all. And I think it is. I, I think I find something of it in verses. 13 and 14 uh, our last movement if you like and I've just clipped out the, the couple of little bits there in order that we who were the first to be put who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of salvation when you believed now, I wonder when we first read through that, if you noticed that 
the language in the first part is we and us and in this last bit it's changed to you and I gotta say this is you plural Janet and I went to a garage sale last weekend and uh, we were greeted by uh, a, a, a woman and she said uh, what have you all been doing today and uh, and we said well I said I can hear you're American you're from the south because they like to say yeah all I don't know in Australia we probably say use when we want to imply plural plural so we we need to read this you as use okay so that's the first thing I wanted to point out but if we're talking about we in one section and use in the other tell me who do you think he's been talking about Paul's been talking about when he's been saying us we church yep and who do you think he's talking about when he's saying use oh wow you've answered the the wrong way you can he's talking to christians the church absolutely agree but the different distinction he's making between we and you all or use is he's talking about jewish christians and gentile christians a big part of this letter is unity bringing all things in heaven under heaven together as one so when you read it that way that this this first question uh, you read there uh, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ now you've got to think of Acts chapters 2 when uh, Peter gets up there he's, he's talking at the time of Pentecost where Jews from all over the place have gathered in Jerusalem and he is talking to them and the Holy Spirit appears and many of them gave their life to Christ on that day they were all Jews they were the first to receive it then went out to the Gentiles and and look I've, I've forgotten one bit this is when you get a little bit loose and move away from your notes um, they were the first the, the the Jewish people were the first who were given that opportunity to put their hope in Christ or not to put their hope in Christ it's then later that Gentiles were given the opportunity to believe in Christ or not to believe in Christ see I think that moment of making a decision occurs before you are in Christ I don't know if that makes sense so until you have made that decision you are not in Christ when we read those blessings they are blessings in Christ so when we if we go to go back to those blessings they all happen they're all received once we're in Christ but the decision to move from not in Christ to being in Christ is separate to that predestined idea there's more though there is more and uh excuse me a moment so what does uh 
you've got to also think about how Paul as a devout Jew uh, would understand the, the language that he's used and uh, it's, it's based on, on his knowledge of the Old Testament so let's have a, have a look there and um, the problem is, is the, the word predestined it seems to be exclusively used in the, by Paul in the, in the New Testament it, it's never used in the Old Testament so we have to settle with this idea of before you were conceived sort of language and uh, I've just gra- grabbed a couple here uh, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the, the womb he will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines that's from Judges 13 verse 5 who's he speaking of Samson next one before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born I set you apart I appointed you as a prophet to the nations Jeremiah 1 to 5 1 verse 5 who's been spoken of there do you think Jeremiah yep both of these examples are of men who have been predestined for service one is a liberator one is a prophet now how does God's chosen people Israel view themselves or understand themselves I've just got the very shortened verse, version of, uh, of my very, one of my very favourite verses of, of understanding all this. And, and this is where uh, God is he's, he's already saved Israel, uh, the Hebrews I should say. He's brought the Hebrews out of Egypt. They're now out in the wilderness and he is making his covenant with them. And he says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation Isaiah 41 reads but you Israel my servant Jacob whom I have chosen you descendants of Abraham my friend I took you from the ends of the earth from its farthest corners I called you I said you are my servant I have chosen you and have not rejected you you see Israel and the patriarchs were chosen for service when you look at the story of Israel you've got to say their service was inconsistent at best Uh, a more honest appraisal was that they in fact needed to be saved and that comes out when you read the Old Testament because there is a constant looking forward to the Messiah about the Messiah now we know we know Jesus didn't need to be saved, don't we? We, we do understand that. Good. It's a, pretty foundational to our faith. He came to save. Uh, and we find that Jesus is predestined. Uh, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Now that's uh, uh, the prophet Balaam uh, talking there. And then from Isaiah, Isaiah, we, we quite often think of Isaiah as being the, the fifth gospel because it just talks so much about Christ. But here's just one little bit. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. 
You see, Jesus is the ultimate, ultimate example of one chosen and predestined for service. Elsewhere, he's called the sacrificial lamb, the saviour of the world, the servant king. Now, I've got one final side trick uh, to find out how Paul was chosen and predestined to serve. Firstly, from Galatians, this is what Paul has to say. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who had set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach among the Gentiles. Paul had a view that he was predestined. The other one is, is taken from, from Acts. This is uh, uh, where Jesus has appeared to, to Paul on the road to Damascus. Uh, Paul is now blind. He's a believer in, in, in Jesus now. And he's, he's there praying. Uh, on another side of town, God is talking to Ananias, telling Ananias to go and see this bloke. Ananias isn't looking forward to it because he's, he's saying, Lord, haven't you heard about this fellow and you want me to go and, and talk to him? And this is how God replies to Ananias. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. You see, Paul was chosen and predestined for service. That are taking the good news of Jesus to people who had not yet heard it. So let's insert service rather than salvation into our uh, predestination verses. For he chose us in him for service before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for service, for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In him we were also chosen for service, having been predestined for service, according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. It seems to work just as well, except uh, we've turned around and, and had a look. Uh, it's consistent with our calling to go and make disciples of all nations and it maintains a view that God is abounding in grace and, and for me that makes me more comfortable. Uh, one person uh, has explained things this way. God chooses the one out of the many so that through the one he can restore his blessing back to the many. Just want to read that again. God chooses, God predestines, if you like, the one out of the many, so that through the one he can restore his blessing back to the many. So let's just end now with that list of blessings again. <clears throat> You'll notice uh, I've made a couple of changes. I've, I've removed the, uh, the question mark. Uh, from chosen and predestined and, and, and moved it up into our list and I've also added the presence of the Holy Spirit which is 
at the very end of our passage uh, and that's because it's the Holy Spirit that guides and directs our service so just running through the, those again spiritual blessings in Christ you can see the importance of in Christ people who are belong to Christ made holy and blameless adoption as God's children with a hope of a future inheritance have redemption and forgiveness of sins knowledge of God's revealed purpose chosen predestined to serve and we have the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide us now if you haven't heard let me assure you working for God in Christ with the Holy Spirit is a blessing we share in God's pleasure to bring the knowledge of Jesus to the world as he brings all things into unity under him so let's enjoy doing that work let's pray father we we, we thank you for paul's writings uh as 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 dense and heavy as they are lord we thank you that uh that you did predestine paul did send him apart uh to give us knowledge of you lord and we pray lord that uh you will help us as we continue to study ephesians over the next few weeks lord lord help us to wrestle with those things that uh uh, that we're not sure about lord sometimes we know lord that it takes years for understanding to come uh, but lord yeah h- help us to understand lord we thank you so much that we are involved in your plans father we thank you that you take pleasure in us lord we thank you lord that you use us and we can have pleasure with you in doing your will so bless us lord as we as, as we live for you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.